0: It's still the cross. Some things don't change. Amen? amen? Wow. Amen. Well, we're glad that He died on that cross. We're also very, very grateful and equally grateful that He rose. Amen? Yeah. And again, last Sunday we addressed that and talked a little bit about uh, the resurrection, seeing it was Easter. And again, that's something that's a common theme around here, uh, the death, the burial, and resurrection. That's called the gospel. Amen. And that's a wonderful message that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us. Take your Bible, turn over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. Hebrews, chapter 9, we're going to begin in verse 27. We're just going to look at two verses. And then I'm just going to um, basically address, uh, uh, just, I guess, talk a little bit about that. And um, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it because the title's not a question, it's a statement. And it's um, here's the statement If life were a game, and I just want to talk a little bit about that today again. Um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. As it is appointed unto men once to die. Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. What a powerful passage. Amen. I mean, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We ask that you would bless this congregation, that you'd walk and move in these aisles, that, Lord, our hearts would be stirred. For those that are watching via live stream, we pray that they too would be, touched by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. And Lord, may they not be distracted uh, with all those things around them. Father, help us to be able to focus our attention on you this morning. Lord, we gather here today understanding that there's a life around us and it can get so complicated and at times so overwhelming. But Lord, as we sit here today, as we allow uh, you the time to minister to us, may we focus on you, your Word, and allow your Spirit to work. Now, Father, bind the devil and Father, put a hedge of protection about us. May he not be able to come along and steal the word of God from the hearts and minds of your people. Bless us now, we pray. We need you desperately. We'll give you the glory for it. And if there be any that are without Christ that have yet to receive and accept that wonderful, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, may they do so even today. Now fill me, I pray. I need you. In Christ's name, amen. You know, playing games years ago in my home was something we did. I'm talking about when I was growing up, and I was introduced to a game called Life. Um, Milton Bradley had created a, uh, the game of Life in 1860, and, it, and the modern version was released 100 years later in 1960. Well, I was born a number of years later <clears throat> and having to get on, uh, uh, get a chance to. Play that game, and you know that game, obviously, it simulates a person's travels through his or her modern, through his or her life, I should say, from college to retirement. It addresses issues like job and marriage and possibly even children and uh, all of those things. Well, I kind of played the game, and I played it as a child, but I played it growing up in my years, and we still have that game. And you know, the truth is, is that if you lose the game, you know, you know, you know what happens nothing you just start over and play again i mean nothing really happens i mean you're traveling along and you're you're rolling you know doing all the things you need to do and next thing you know it just you lose somebody wins and you go oh man and nothing happens really you just start over and try to win the game now there may be a game called life but may i say that life is not a game If life were a game, then you could push a reset button. I used to love playing um, pinball. Now, a lot of the young people, they they probably know it, but they, they know it maybe from a screen. We used to actually have machines called pinball machines. And you'd go to the click or to a store, and they just seemed to pop up everywhere. And you'd get that pinball machine, and and there would be like a box at the bottom. And in it, there's all kind of different things that make the ball bounce around and bing-bang and all things like that. And the object is to keep the ball kind of up there in the top, banging against things, adding up your score, adding up your score. And there's a couple flippers down at the bottom, and you control it with a couple little touch you know little buttons and you you flip those buttons and when the ball comes down you pop it back up and you try to continue to increase your score as it shoots over here bangs over this and pops off of that and I mean it was was a fun game it was something you actually had to do and we enjoyed that game and I I like doing that game but I remember that a lot of times you know and I watch people play and they would even kind of put their hip in it and they kind of kind of hip you know kind of get a little bit of action you know on the pinball machine to keep the ball coming off of those flippers really good. And, and I would do that, you know, and I tried to get really good at pinball. I'll be honest with you, I was never really great at it. I was better than most. But anyway, I, I just remember playing and, and, I, and doing that. And, and every once in a while, if you bumped it too hard, it would go a little thing, like tilt. And, and a lot of times there would even be a little red letters, tilt. And you're like, oh, man, and the ball would just roll down. Nothing would bounce off of anything. It just go right down the middle. And you know what would happen? You'd have to reach down, and there's a little button there. It was a little reset button. You push it, and all of a sudden it'd go, come pop up again, and a little ball would pop over there, and you'd shoot the ball back up, and you'd play again. Just hit a little reset button. It was a reset. Oh, you lost the ball you were playing with, but you get the reset button, and all of a sudden you're back playing the game. If life were a game, you could push a reset button. You know, if life were a game, you could you could get a do-over. Playing checkers was a lot of fun for me growing up, but it was extremely stressful. I mean, I hated to lose, and, and I took it pretty personal, to be honest with you. I, I mean, <clears throat> bragging rights were at stake, and everybody knows that Checkers are a metaphor for life, right? And I wasn't about to be anything but a winner. Now, I don't know, in our culture today, it seems that competition is something we kind of don't like, that we frown on it because, you know, you can't have any losers in life. It's funny because there's still a lot of losers in life. And what I mean by that is not that they're losers. I'm saying that when you go to your job, you still get fired. You got a girlfriend, she still dumps you. But we keep training children that that's not how life is. Don't compete. Don't worry about losing. No, I'm telling you, we better train them and prepare them. We're watching things happen in our culture that's really scary. Life's still not easy, is it? It's still tough. But checkers, I mean, it was bragging rights. And I'm telling you, in my house, I had three brothers and a dad and a mom bragging rights. Let me tell you what. I wanted to be a winner. So from time to time, in the heat of the battle, I mean, when it seemed like I was going to lose, I'd kind of, you know, accidentally bump the board or maybe I would oh this was this was my technique I'd slide the board back a little bit so it was over the edge and then I'd be like oh man and I would hit it and we go fly everywhere and I'd be like oh wow well, we can't remember now we don't nobody knows where what was where the board was except my brother Ed he's <laughs> like a photographic memory and he wasn't about to let me win over something like that or start over no way not him it wasn't going to happen If life were a game all that would be at stake would be your pride. If life were a game (laughs) you'd get a second chance. I viewed monopoly as a microcosm of life. Now If you were good at Monopoly, of course, you were good with money, and that meant you were going to be on your way to success in life. You do know that, right? (laughs) You know, it didn't help me that my dad was more serious than all of us put together, and at least he was until I was old enough to understand what was at stake. We'd have such fierce games. I mean, crazy fierce games. My mom, she would be like, I mean, just begging us to stop. Please stop. Just please stop the madness. This is ridiculous. I'd be throwing a fit. My brother, he'd be throwing pieces. My dad would be in the corner crying. I mean, it was an ugly scene. I mean, it was ugly at the O'Donnell house. Now, that may be exaggerated slightly, but let me tell you something. It wasn't too awfully exaggerated. Park Place, Broadway, those were my boys. Man, I loved the Park Place and Broadway. Man, I'd want to put hotels on those like that. 200 bucks a piece, though. It was added up quick. It cost a lot. But nonetheless, at least there was only two properties, right? So you wanted to hit it, and then people always seemed to land on them. What a wonderful thing. I tried to wheel and deal, and Ultimately, get hotels on them. And again, I hated losing. I hated it. But you know what? It's interesting. Through my lifetime, I've got a number of opportunities to win this particular game. See, when you lose at Monopoly, you just need to start a new game. You get another chance. But life's not a game. See, there's no reset. There's no do-over. There's no second chances. You only get one shot at it. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. It's appointed unto men once to die. Let me tell you something. You get one shot at life. One shot. That's all you get. That's all I get. And for some of us today, we're drawing closer to that, the, the end of that life than the beginning of that life. It started off years ago, and we thought we have our whole life ahead of us. We have so many opportunities. The hope is so, so wonderful. It's so bright, the future. We're drawing nigh to the end, some of us. We only have one life. Because, see, life is not a game. Life, there's no reset, there's no do-over, there's no second chance. and So, you only get one shot. What do you get one shot at? Well, let me give you a couple things. Number one, you get, only get one shot at being a spouse. You get one shot. You say, well, I've been divorced, I've been remarried. Yeah, okay, that, that's that situation. But let me tell you, life will end one day, and you're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account for how you were as a spouse. Each one of us, if you've been married, whether once, twice, or three, you're going to give an account for being a spouse. You only get one shot at that in life. You don't get another shot after life. You get one shot at loving each other. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You're married. Hey, this is it for you. Better get it straight. Get it right. Are you loving your spouse the way you ought to love your spouse? You're going to get one shot at it. You're going to die one day. You're going to stand before God and give an account for that. You don't get a second chance at loving your husband, a second chance at loving your wife. What it is is what it is, and and, and ultimately it runs out. You get one shot at learning about each other. In 1 Peter 3, 7, the Bible says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You've got to get to know one another. You can come to the end of your life one day, and that woman you've been with, whether it's 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, whether it's that husband you've been with all those years or just the last few years, you're going to give an account for those years. And you're going to say, did I, get to, did I get to know them? Did I learn about them? Did I do the, what God said in the Word of God? You get one shot at this. You don't get a do-over. You don't close your eyes in death and then wake up and he goes, okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to reincarnate you. Go back and do a better job this time. doesn't work that way. So you got one shot at loving them. You got one shot at learning about them. You got one shot at laughing together. Proverbs 1722 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. You ought to laugh with your spouse. Life is just too short to take it so seriously, my. I mean, you want your marriage to survive this fast paced, pressure filled life in which we live. You're going to have to have a sense of humor, and you're going to have to be here to laugh together a little bit. When I was growing up, I would hear my dad say things like, if I wasn't laughing about it, I'd be crying. You ever hear from statements like that? I'm either going to laugh about it or cry, I might as well laugh. You, I mean, you've heard those kind of things, I've heard it my whole life. And you know what? Difficult times are to be expected. You're going to have some hard times. You're going to have some difficult situations. You're going to run into circumstances that are very hard and, and cause you to really even maybe question yourself and others around you. May I just say, you better be able to laugh about some things because if you don't, you will just cry. Laughter has a tendency to alleviate the pressure so that that which would crush us can be alleviated kind of falls away i i I recently attended a funeral and one of the things that is helpful even in a funeral sometimes is just a little bit of laughter something to break the tension something to cause everyone to kind of relax again because you know you're sitting on pins and needles your emotions are running so high and it's nice to be able to just kind of ah, catch a breath boy you got to catch your breath in a marriage you're going to need to laugh every once in a while and may i say you need to work at that Bob was telling his friend that he and his wife had a serious argument the night before. But it ended, Bob said, when she came crawling to me on her hands and knees. So, what'd she say? asked the friend. Bob said, Well, she said, Come out from under that bed, you coward. (laughs) You gotta learn to laugh. Boy, life can get so serious and weigh us down so much. And I just want you to know that one day we're going to stand before God. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. You got one shot at this. Life is not a game. You can't hit a reset button, a do over. It doesn't work that way. I know. Someone says, well, I made a mess of my first marriage. Now I got the second. I got another chance. Yeah, but you still only have one chance at life. Make the best of it now. Every one of us need to make the best. We've got a husband or a wife right now. Then listen, learn to love them. And, and you've got sh- one shot at that and one shot of learning, one shot of laughing together, one shot of living together in that sense. we could, Our life could end today. Now you can't live with somebody and not get annoyed from time to time. You just can't. It's impossible. Maybe they leave the toothpaste all over the sink. Maybe they put an empty orange juice carton back in the fridge. Possibly press the snooze button on the alarm clock 17 times before they actually get up. Some of you sound like you have experience. Possibly they never put the toilet seat down. Or maybe they don't use a clean knife for the butter. (laughs) Or they double dip their fork at mealtimes. Could it be that He's always missing the laundry basket when he pretends to be LeBron James or Steph Curry and he shoots, he scars, but he doesn't hit. (laughs) Successful couples, they have this ability to overlook the minor annoyances that could easily drive them crazy. They just have an ability to do so. I don't know if it's just learned behavior. I don't know if it's personality. But couples that often stay together, they learn to live together. They focus on the positives, not the negatives. There's always going to be those little annoyances. And if we allow ourselves to, 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 to let them build up on us, so to speak, if we don't laugh at them, we'll cry, so to speak. And so many times we're miserable at living together. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's about all we do is live together. Listen, you got one shot at this. Make the best of it. Get it right. Do it the way God intended it to be done. Major issues need to be dealt with, and even smaller ones that could turn into problems. But, I mean, how a person squeezes the toothpaste, folds their socks, rearranges the furniture, or or toasts their bread really isn't life threatening. It's not. See, you only get one shot at being a spouse. And when you arrive at the judgment, how will you have done at that? How will you have fared? Again, it's not a pinball game. It's not a game of Monopoly. It's, it's not some other kind of card game that you just start over again. That's not how life works. It's appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. Listen, you only get one shot at being a father or mother. I know, maybe you adopted children later in life, maybe you did something. And you say, I got another chance, but I'm talking about in general. Generally speaking, you get one shot at raising your children. Generally speaking, you got one opportunity to do so. You only get one shot at it. Psalms chapter 127, turn there, would you? Verses 3 through 5. Familiar passage and a powerful one. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. The Bible says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The Lord says, If, if the Lord build a house, they labor not in vain that build it. But here, He says, Children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. All I'm saying is, when we think about our children, I wonder how we view it. It seems to me that more and more in the world and the culture in which we live, children are more of a nuisance, it seems, than ever. Although we invest more into them, although we act as though they're the center of the world, it seems that they're more annoying. It seems that people as a whole find them more frustrating, that they don't, they're not nearly as loved, received, and accepted as they used to be. It just seems to me that the more we invest, and I'm not talking that it's the children's fault. I'm talking about we have, in a sense, taught them to be entitled. We've raised them to think that they deserve something. And as a result, it just seems to me that people are really perturbed with their kids. They're frustrated with them. I could, if I could just get a break from these kids, if I could just get away from these kids... What's wrong with that picture? I understand that it's difficult. And I get that. I had four children and my wife raised four children as well. We understand a little bit about children and babies and crying and all of that. But so much of what goes on is a result of what we allow to take place. And you only got one shot at raising these kids because let me tell you, they don't stay little forever. They grow up. And as they grow up, they take on characteristics and qualities that they seem to kind of just I don't know, by osmosis, receive. You get one shot at experiencing your kids. You remember that birth? Remember that first child, especially because when you have your first kid, it's really, there's something unique about that. Not that the other ones aren't special, sorry. Not that the other ones aren't important. But that first child is kind of unique. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I never saw a childbirth before until I saw my first childbirth. Although my second was much more traumatic, but the the fact was, sorry, but 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 I still remember that first one. Amazing, right? I'm I'm telling you, it was like God literally opened up the heavens and said, "Man, I am real. That doesn't just happen." And boy, I'll tell you what, as he began to grow and as he began to mature, as he began to take that first step even, boy, it was amazing. Man, you get one shot at the first step, one shot at the birth, one shot at their first words. Don't throw it away. Don't give it up. You got one chance to be a parent, one shot at it, one shot at enjoying them. Boy, share in life, share in their life. Be involved with them. This idea that children are on an equal plane with adults, that's a joke. Listen, I'm sorry. You can go and be politically correct all you want. But we are raising a generation of whiners, criers, and selfish kids. I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? The world revolves around little Junior. (laughs) Whatever Junior wants, Junior gets. He wants to sleep in our bed. He can sleep till he's 20 there. Whatever Junior wants, Junior gets. Junior needs another ice cream. Junior needs another candy. Junior needs this. Junior needs that. Everything's about Junior. Junior, 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 Junior. And then we wonder why everything's about Junior as he gets a little older. Why does Junior think that we should just cater to him hand and foot? Why does Junior think that everything revolves around him? Why does Junior... Because we raised him to do that. On the other hand... Realize you only got one shot at involving yourself in the life of your child. There needs to be balance here, but let me tell you, Dad, you need to invest in your children. You need to spend time with your children. Moms, you need to really enjoy your kids. It's one thing to raise them. It's another thing to truly rejoice in them. You get one shot at it. You got one shot to equip them, to prepare them for life. You got one shot at this. I kind of likened my job as a parent to, and I've, I've shared this before, but kind of like loading a cargo ship, preparing for a journey across the ocean. You know, we only have so many days, weeks, months, and years to load the ship with the supplies needed in order to sustain them through their journey in, of life. And so we carry these things down, so to speak, to the pier and we load the ship we give them, we try to give them character. We try to give them integrity. We try to give them just common sense. We try to help them understand their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and their need for him in their life. We try to give them all the tools they need to succeed in life. And because at one point, at some point, and it comes much quicker than you think, if you have children, it comes much quicker than you think. They're going to launch out into the deep. And honestly outside of the fact that we can still continue to try to encourage, we can try to help them, we can try to invest in them, we do things for them in a sense, but the truth is what we have given them is about all they're going to have on that life journey now. We'll never have the opportunity we had while they were under our roof to make that impact in their life ever again. You got one shot at this. You got one. You don't have a reset switch. There's not a do-over. It's not get a second chance. It doesn't work that way. Do you know that you only get one shot at being a Christian? Yeah, one shot at being a spouse, one shot at being a father or mother, but you get one shot at being a Christian. I know somebody's going to, oh, no, you don't. God gives you all kinds of chances. Well, let me tell you, close your eyes in death and tell me if you get another one. I don't read anything in the Bible that tells me that. You get one shot this life. If you don't settle your salvation in this life, it won't be settled. Well, it is settled, actually. (laughs) It's settled, but not the right way. So you get one shot at being saved. Turn to Luke chapter 16, would you? Again, we live our lives for the temporal. We live in the immediate all the time. I mean, we act as though this is all that matters right here, right now, where I'm at, this moment. And we look at our life and we, we, we have needs and we have desires and we have longings and we have wants. And we think somehow if I just get this, I'll be happy. If I just get that, I'll be happy. This will make me content. That'll make me content. If only this person would do this, if only that person would do this. And everything revolves around others and things instead of the real issue, me. And my future, my eternal future, even. I'm going to tell you something. It, it's it, This life, you can get so enamored with the present that you fail to remember that there's an end to the present, that there's an eternity that awaits. There's only one shot at life. One shot. That's all you get. That's all I get. I'll do it Tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. I'll be a better dad. I'll be a better mom. I'll be a better husband. I'll be a better wife. You won't be nothing unless you make a decision and do something about it today. Tomorrow's too late. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You have only today. I'll do it tomorrow. You won't do it tomorrow because tomorrow will never come. All you have is now. Right this moment. You only get one shot at being a Christian. Look at this. Luke 16, 20 says, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Do you understand what's taking place here? God has given us a window of eternity and in the future, and we see here that there's more to life than just living today. And then he goes on to make it very plain and clear that if one ends up over here, they can never be over here. And if they are here, they will never be over here. You get one shot at this. You have one opportunity and it's called life. If you close your eyes in death, you'll never get an opportunity to fix where you'll spend eternity. 2 Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The rich man died and lifted up his eyes in hell. That was never God's design, nor was it ever God's will. God would have no one go there. God sent His only begotten Son. Literally, God in flesh came and died on a cross, was buried and rose again the third day so that your sin and mine could be dealt with so that He could make the payment for our sin so that we wouldn't have to pay for it ourselves. So you have one shot at being saved. You either trust Christ in this life or it's over. You either receive him as Lord and Savior or too late. You either know and settle your eternal salvation and your eternal life and your eternal future and your eternal home now or it's too late. Never another opportunity. One shot. You don't get a reset. You don't get a do over. You don't get a second chance. One shot at being saved. One shot to serve. One shot at serving the Lord. In John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work, Jesus said. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul is preparing to leave now and he's going to, he's going to uh, move on into heaven and he says, For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. He wasn't catching a flight to Mesopotamia, he was catching a flight to eternity, so to speak, or to heaven to the next life. He said, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not only to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing shall give me in that day, in that day, my departure's at hand. I'm catching that final flight out. It's gone. It's over after this. I don't have any other opportunities to serve, any other opportunities to preach, any other opportunities to love, any other opportunities to meet a need in the life of another. I don't have any other opportunities to serve in the local church and to be effective in reaching out with the gospel to others or helping little children understand and learn the word of God. I don't have those chances anymore. I can't sing in the choir. I can't preach a message. I can't go to the nursing home. I can't do anything. Why? Because it's over. It's done. No second chance, no reset, no do-over. And one day we're going to all come to that place. Well, what you've done, you've done now. Because you can't do it tomorrow. You may not have it. What are you going to do today? And today we'll set the stage for tomorrow, and tomorrow will set the stage for the next day. You've got to do it today, though. What are you going to do? Where's your life Where's your salvation? Where's your service today? What is it that's most valuable and important to you today? Because see, when life is all over, when it is appointed unto men once to die, once you close your eyes in death, you don't get a reset, a a do-over, or a second chance at serving the Lord. It's done. Turn, if you would, over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, please. I was going to preach out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 20 this morning, but this instead is what I felt we should share. But notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 3.11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Notice verse 12 now. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Remember, you got one shot at being saved. Can I tell you, if you're saved, you're saved. You're saved, okay? But let me tell you something. There's still service here. Oh, you'll never have to give an account for sin. Jesus Christ paid for your sin on Calvary. And I trust you keep a short account while in this life. But as far as God is concerned, that sin is washed away. But you will be judged, if you will, for your service. For that which you've done since coming to Christ. May I say that, unfortunately, so many, according to the word of God, will be ashamed one day. I just want to encourage you. Realize you got one shot at this thing called service. It's not like Monopoly. You don't get to just wipe the board. It's not like checkers throw it in the air and hope that they don't remember where all the pieces were. No, it doesn't work that way. You got one shot. You' got one shot to succeed, so to speak, in this thing called the Christian life. Only one life will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. One shot. See, if life were a game, you could push a button, a reset button. You'd have a do-over. You'd have a second chance, but it's not a game. Young people, I'm telling you, it, it's so easy to think somehow that you have so much time and you have just, you can take it leisurely. You can relax a little bit. You don't have to worry about what you're doing today. Waste the day. Sleep it away if you want, so to speak. That mentality. You only got one shot at this. Amen. You got one shot. And listen to me. I pray and I trust that you will have long, long Bless lives, there is no guarantee you'll even be with us tomorrow. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. That is a reality of life. Amen. And the truth is, there's not one of us here that are guaranteed tomorrow. And when it, when, when, when the appointment comes, we all have an appointment with death. And it's on that celestial calendar. When that appointment comes, there's no bargaining with God for more time. You say, Hezekiah did. Well, there's one person. You go ahead and think you're going to do it. I wouldn't like, put all my eggs in one basket on that one. When that appointment comes, it's appointed unto men once to die. You're going to die. And then you have no more opportunities to serve God, no more opportunities to be saved, no more opportunities to be a mama or daddy like you should have been, no more opportunities to be a husband or wife like you should have been. Our lives are like a time bomb. It's set to go off at a specific time. There's a timer there. When that timer reaches zero, done. When you take the final roll of the dice, when you spin the wheel for the last time, when you draw your last card, it's over. It's done. Life is done. No reset, no do-over, no second chance. See, if life were a game, you'd have all of those things, wouldn't you? But life isn't a game. When it ends, you're either saved or you're lost forever. When it ends, you'll either have been a good or a bad husband or wife. When it ends, you'll either have been a good or a bad father or mother. If life were a game, There'd be a reset button, a second chance, a do-over, but it's not. Hebrews 9, 27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I just want to encourage you to remember, life is not a game. You get one shot. What are you going to do with your shot? You I've wasted a lot of years. I'm not asking you what you've done to this point. What are you going to do with your life? Because see, your life's being lived today. I've messed up. I've done so many things. I don't care what you did. God's willing to forgive. God says, let's get started fresh. Let's get moving forward. Oh, there'll be scars that you'll deal with. There'll be some consequences that you'll have to face. But the truth is, is that you live life today. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Live today because this is all you have. I'm not saying don't prepare for the future. I'm not saying don't save money for the future. I'm not talking about that, but be careful even there that you don't lose sight that life is today and that you may not even be able to enjoy what you're preparing and planning for in the future. Are you sure salvation is yours? Are you confident that the Lord Jesus Christ is in your life? Do you know without a doubt that heaven's your home one day and that you've received him as Savior? Do you have it settled? I mean, do you know that? Let me get one shot at this. I was reading, and I'll close with this, but I was reading from Lester Roloff. Just happened to be reading. Actually, I was listening to him on the radio. And he was talking about <clears throat> that he had had the opportunity to talk to a group of teen boys. And he made this statement as he talked to those teen boys. He said, Listen, some of you will never ever get another opportunity to hear this. Potentially, some of you may never ever get a chance to hear this message again. He said six, six boys of the 16 that he was talking to settled their salvation. He said there was one boy, there was a couple other boys that were just downright, just, I want nothing to do with that. I'm fine. I've got a life to live. And he said, young men, all to all of them, you may not get more than this. This may be the last time you hear the gospel. He said it wasn't even a week later that young man was in a car accident and died. Let me tell you something. You think you got eternity to live yet. You don't. You have one life to live. And those years could be few, and they may be many, and God forbid they be few. I trust they're long. But I'm going to tell you something. You treat your parents like a bunch of trash. Let me tell you something. You're going to answer for that. You may be taken out before you get a chance to become a parent yourself because of the way you treat them. Someone says, oh, we don't talk like that. That's kind of scary. That is scary, but that's reality. In the Old Testament, they took children out and killed them if they were disrespectful to their parents. Well, that's inhumane. Call it whatever you want. That's God's business in those days. It's Working out pretty good for us today, isn't it? What we do. I'm going to tell you something. I don't advocate taking children out that are disobedient and doing that, but I sure think that you need a good whooping every once in a while. So it says, I don't agree with that either. Well, when you're a preacher, you say whatever you want. But all I'm saying is, young people and adults alike, don't think you got tomorrow. You may not have it. Don't let the devil lie to you about this. you got one shot at this. That's all you've got. That's all I've got. And I want to stand before him and hear him say, well done. Don't you? Let's make sure we're standing before him, not at the great white throne judgment. Let's make sure we're standing before him at the judgment seat of Christ. Let's make sure we've invited Christ in our life, that, it's, that, that one's for the unsaved, the other's for the saved. I want to make sure that i got Christ in my life and that heaven's my home. What about you? Have you made that decision? You only get a shot at it. Today's the day, he says in 2 Corinthians 6.2. Now's the accepted time. Settle it now while you have a chance, while you have an opportunity. You may never get another opportunity. Father, we come to you. We ask you, Lord, just to speak to our hearts and work in our lives today. Lord, if there are any that have yet to settle their soul salvation, if there are any that have allowed their life to go in kind of a negative direction, or maybe they've not been, maybe a teenager hasn't been what he or she ought to be for their parents. Maybe the parent hasn't been the parent they ought to be, or the husband or wife hasn't been the husband and wife they ought to be, or whatever it might be. We just pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts and help us to really understand that this is it. We've got one shot at it. We don't get do-overs. We don't get resets. We don't get another second chance. We just have to make the best of life today, and we live it where we are. Give them grace. Lord, if there's a lost one here, may they settle it today. With every head bowed, I wonder, you'd say, Preacher, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I can't honestly say that I have settled my soul salvation. I can't.